You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. In the in case you missed it category, Simone Biles said later last week, she said this, the outpouring of love and support I've received has made me realize I'm more than my accomplishments and gymnastics, which I never truly believed before. Okay? Yes, I am more than my accomplishments in gymnastics, which I never truly believed before. And in case you never truly believed it before either, you are more than your mistakes, your accomplishments, your gold medals, your failures, your time incarcerated. Yes, you are more than that. And I'm, I'm glad she said that because... Don't we want that for everyone to know that in Christ? Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Let's do a little bit of a research there because I found out this might help you out as a commuter. If you're going into New York City, Google Maps is working on something uh, that might could help you out as far as public transportation is concerned and i will tell you right up front uh, masks are required still on new york city public transportation so uh you know the last thing you probably want to get on is a crowded if you've been on the subway you've been on crowded subways to get on one you know and that's the thing but here's the thing if you had a little bit of help maybe you could let that train go and take the next one okay So it's really kind of a neat idea. I appreciate Google Maps doing that. They went kind of overboard in trying to say and try to convince you that, you know, it'll be private. The information will be private because you have to share your location, obviously. But they're trying it out in um, a bunch of different agencies in different countries. And, of course, New York City, one of the prime places they can do it. So here's the thing. You get the information uh, by the app on your phone, and you decide whether you want to hop on board or wait for another train. So it uses AI technology. It uses contributions from people using Google Maps and historical location trends that predict future crowdedness levels for transit lines. All right? That's the way they do it. All the predictions were designed with privacy in mind, Google said in a statement. All right? So uh, they're piloting the ability to see live crowdedness information right down to the transit car level. Um, And it's also powered from data from Long Island Railroad. All right? Uh, and other agencies as well. So I want to try to find out. I, I had this video. I thought it was a video about it, but it was all about Google privacy uh, on, on YouTube. But um, I was trying to find an exact link maybe that could link you to the app. And um, so, you know, if I find it, I will certainly. And I think I might have found it on Google. I, I'll post it on the cup of joe morning show facebook page for you because we all like to know i don't know maybe it's just a dream you know when you go there it's all you know like it's all relative right getting on a car with two people on, i don't know maybe maybe not but uh want to try to help you out with the latest technology here on cup of joe morning show right oh you yeah. gotta admit that is pretty neat a great way to start your day go ahead 
Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Well, the what if. I don't think John Chadwick was thinking during the uh, lockdown of the pandemic, you know, I, I don't want anything to be a what if, but he just decided for some reason that he wanted to put up a, a, a birdhouse, you know, and uh, put a camera inside of it. He's a technical guy. He does sound for uh, Aerosmith and Ringo Starr. I mean, you know, just drop a name or two. He could probably do this. Sounds an engineer. He got a bird box kind of on a whim, and uh, he just decided to put a camera in the bird box, and there was a family of birds in there, you know, in the spring, and um, he just said, well, I want to see what happens. You know, I want to watch their progress and stuff. Maybe he had seen one on YouTube before. They've been around. They've been around here. It's pretty cool with the uh, is it falcons on the top of the Mid-Hudson Bridge stuff. So he did that, and um, he uh, put together videos. He said, I decided to put a final video together and keep it as short as possible, showing the birds going into the nest, the eggs hatching, and the chicks fledgling. Went to a barbecue on Saturday afternoon. I came back. I had 2 million views. And then in a week, it had gone to 10 million views. And now more than 41 million views. And, of course, now I'm sure we're going to bump it up there, you know, maybe. He said it's just bizarre. I don't think it's bizarre at all, John. I think people are incredibly and naturally curious about God's creation. I think many times they look at it and see the marvel in it. The the mom and dad birds, you know, doing however they do, the eggs hatching and growing and things like that. It's all God's creation. I think we forget sometimes. But the thing I want you to know is that God knows about those birds, of course. He knows if they're going to fly or not. He cares about them, each one of them. But he cares way much more about you, my friend. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up and do something. The Sound of Life. What have we got left to do for summer? Or what is it that we haven't done that we want to do for summer? Yes. <laughs> Cup of Joe Morning Show. Let me know, Bev. What's up? We are going to an island in the Thousand Islands with grandkids and spending a week up there and it's coming at the end of august i'm looking so forward to it i bet you are you know they say looking forward to it is actually better than doing it (laughs) sometimes that's true (laughs) i was just trying to be a smart aleck you were (laughs) sorry so what are you gonna do um well we take a barge over to the island drive our car onto the barge and we go over to the island and um, it's one of the biggest islands in the Thousand Islands. It's called Rhinestone. We have to bring all of everything we need, every bit of food, um, and there's no TV, and we just hang out for the week, and we do outside games. We go to the beach and we swim. We draw on rocks. We have a good time. The Sound of Life. Of all the stories coming out of the Olympics, I mean, it just never uh, ceases to amaze me. It's like almost every day... Um, you know, incredible things happen. And of course, there's a lot of athletes involved there, a lot of humanity going on. And uh, it makes for some really pretty cool stories. This story goes back before that. And, and one of the things that's in the news, you may have seen that, is the fact that some Muslim athletes not 
they're they're forfeiting their match with an Israeli. All right. Well, <clears throat> back in um, there was an Iranian athlete was told by Tehran to forfeit a 2019 match so that he would not have to face an Israeli. So he was going to forfeit the match before that, though he wouldn't have to face the Israeli. He refused, and he fled for his life. Germany gave him refuge, and Mongolia put him in its 2020 team, now competing. He just won the silver and dedicated it to Israel. Got all that? Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. So what I'm about to tell you, I'm just thinking off the top of my head because I was reading about this morning, kind of indicative, very rarely happens, but it does happen sometimes in sports. One of those very bizarre things, and you hate to kind of see it. I mean, you hate to see it, no doubt about it. But it had to do with the women's volleyball team. They were playing Canada. And there was a shot. I believe the U.S. women took a shot, and it was called out. And so they wanted it reviewed. Oh, you can review it. So I guess they reviewed it. I know that happened. They reviewed it, and then they reversed the call. They said, oh, no, it's in. But then when they looked up on the board, <laughs> is this? <laughs> they looked up on the scoreboard, and they didn't get credit for it. And so then, and, and I guess Canada wanted the review of the review. <laughs> I'm not making this up. And then the, uh, the official said, oh, we changed it again, or changed it, or we didn't change or something. Very bizarre cases like that. And, and whew, mm, boy, you know, it leads to, like, what am I doing here kind of thing like that, you know. And, I, and a lot of times when that happens, you know, I'm just like, I'm so glad that our God is a holy God. We can't even understand holiness. And he does what he says he's going to do. And he is a fair judge. There's no, no, no reviews. No, uh, well, I reviewed. I overturned the review that was reviewed by the overturners. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Got a little testimony here for you, and I was—that's the reason I was a little bit late. I was thumbing through trying to get some details on it. Their uh, their son is in the news again, and uh, and you may know very well about Pam and Robert back in the day, serving Jesus in the Philippines, 1986. Pam got a disease, amoebic dysentery. Doesn't sound too good. In fact, it was very difficult for her. She fell into a, a coma. And they discovered that she was pregnant while she was recuperating. And uh, she had even had a placental abruption. So the doctors expected a stillbirth. And they said abortion is the way to go. And Pam and Robert said, no. Uh, we have faith in our God. Our God is big. And uh, so this, we've, this is what we're going to do. We're going to see the pregnancy out. During Pam's pregnancy, they prayed that their firstborn would be a preacher. And he made the news this morning because he makes quite a stir at the football camp where he is practicing. And the NFL summer camps are underway now. He's in Jacksonville, Florida. He ended up growing up in Florida and Went to college there and uh, was a, he's a pretty good college football player. 
<laughs> I'm talking about Tim Tebow. And, you know, when he signed, uh, he signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It doesn't mean he's going to make the team. There are 90 players there on the field. I believe 60 make the team. Maybe, I'm not sure. Urban Myers, the coach, he said, yeah, in college, you just had 85 or 90 guys and you figured out how to fit them in. But not in the pros. You know, it's limited and you have all these guys show up. I tried to have that job, huh? That, that sounds so great now, does it? You know, and now you have to figure out which ones you keep and which ones you don't keep. And uh, somebody said when he signed with Jacksonville, they said, man, the New York Mets are going, man, we should have signed him. The one thing that players on the teams that he's on don't like is all the media attention. But let me tell you something. The home office loves the media attention. Uh, Tim Tebow puts people in the seats. He does. And he made the news this morning because he looks pretty good. You know, they said, yeah, man, you know, he's. He's playing for the position of tight end, so he has to run out, has to dodge guy, run out, catch a pass, and all that. And he's doing that, you know. He has really been kept in shape, man. I'm telling you, they say, boy, he's like he's jacked. <laughs> he is. I mean, it's amazing to think that he has been on and off sports, you know, for for years. It's hard to keep up with a guy in, in his age. I don't even know. And so, I mean, it's not 22. I do know that. You know, it's it way beyond the, the college. But he's still got the fire in him, I think. It's amazing. And the guys are like, oh, he's, you know, he's good enough. He looks like he belongs out there, no doubt about that. So, there you go. I think they'd be very smart to hire the guy. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words, putting into sentence, doing. The Sound of Life. You know, whether you're hiking the high peaks in the Adirondacks, be very careful if you get into October. I know we're group one year they got in trouble that way because of a freak snowstorm. Whether you're hiking the Appalachian Trail, oh, you have to really know what you're doing there. Months and months on the trail, if that's what you're going to do. Whether you're hiking the John Muir Trail out west, that's a 211-mile path. It's out in the western U.S., Winds across creeks around lake, winds, excuse me, across creeks, lakes, up and over mountains. You climb a total of 47,000 feet. A lot of up and down, I guess, right there. And it takes about three weeks. So, again, you have to carry the right amount of supplies. Now, it's interesting if you were heading out, you wouldn't have any problem taking advice from someone who knows what you're going to need, right? Because as you know, if you take too much, you're not going to have the strength to carry it all. And if you take too little, you can get in real serious trouble because you don't have enough supplies right there. It's interesting, isn't it? In the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles compares our lives to, hey, a race marked out for us, one in which we must not grow weary and lose heart, to become overburdened with sin or distracted by things outside of God's purpose for us is to carry an unnecessary weight. So just like packing a list for a trail, whether it's the John Muir Trail, the High Peaks, or the Appalachian Trail, God has provided directions for following Jesus in the Bible. We can know what habits, dreams, and desires are worth bringing along by examining them in light of the scriptures. 
You travel light and you'll finish well. There you go. Thanks to Karen Pippo for that incredible devotion right there. Father God, help us to travel lightly according to your wisdom and to finish well. Amen. Yeah. The sound of life. Uh, it's officially known as Tokyo 2020. So it's kind of that's the 2021 Olympics. We'll have to explain that forever to our kids, but. The torch has long been lit, the anthems have played, and after a year delay, we're underway, of course. And, you know, as it proved out again, pretty much the Olympics really transcend sport. A lot of what's talked about is uh, something besides that. It's human. human. And, and, and Rune Arledge was right 100 years ago when he said, it's the drama of athletic competition, you know, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Wow. Maybe... It's fitting that the Olympics themselves are something of a reboot, reimagining of a franchise that began way back in ancient Greece. Maybe that's one reason why so many movies, and good movies at that, have been made about the Olympics. Many of them are reasonably family-friendly. Get a piece of paper and a pencil. Oh, no, you can't. I'll post it. I'll post the link for you on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. Really cool. Probably the number one movie to watch during the Olympics. Say it with me now. Chariots of Fire. If you've never seen Chariots of Fire, stop what you're doing right now. Do not go to work. You've got to see this. Made in 1981. It is a classic. Won four Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Deserved it. You wonder today if it would ever be made. I don't know. Probably. If they could do it again. Based on a true story. Absolutely. Two British runners. Harold Abrams. Who was a Jewish sprinter with a chip on his shoulder. And Eric Little. A Scottish wonderkind with an eye on missionary work. Oh, man. Maybe not for the real young kids, you know, but for the rest of the family school. There's another movie called Race that I've got to see. Pretty cool. Made in 2016. That's a PG-13 and um, right after Chariots of Fire, that's the next one you got to see. And it is, of course, about a true story. Um, uh, in Nazi Germany, in 1936 Olympics, and the idea of the Aryan race being supreme. And Jesse Owens just obliterated that myth. Not only did he win the 100-meter dash, but he was the first of four gold medals that he took home in track and field arguably becoming the most significant and best-known athlete in Olympic history. Oh, yeah. Unbroken. Wow. That is PG-13. That's a mild. I mean, to put it that way, it is absolutely brutal what this man went through. Again, true story, of course, of uh, uh, American Louis Zambrini. Um, just he was he ended up becoming a Japanese prisoner of war after an incredible ordeal on the Atlantic Ocean or Pacific Ocean, excuse me, I think. And um, just absolutely incredible. He goes on the movie didn't go finish the rest of his life where he walked down the aisle at a Billy Graham tent meeting. Whoa, wow, miracle 2004 it was made 1980. The Soviet Union's national hockey team, unbeatable juggernaut. The American squad, just a bunch of ragtag collection of college players <laughs> led by Coach Herb Brooks. Somehow, the Plucksters pulled it off. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! It was incredible. I remember that day, amazingly enough. 
Um, and so some amazing things. I've always said, kids, you missed it when the college kids played the professionals in the Olympics. It seems like basketball was my favorite. Playing the Russians. We always played the Russians. They were better than the Knicks, for goodness sakes. <laughs> so, okay, don't roll your eyes at me. But, you know, here with the college team put together and stuff, it was incredible. My favorite movie of them all, the family movie. It's not first on the list, but it's on this list. And you've got to see it if you haven't seen it. Made in 1993, Cool Runnings. Again, based on a true story. And, you know, it's it, I laugh. It's kind of funny because those Norwegian countries, when it comes to the Winter Olympics, and the bobsled and luge and whatever they do on those long skates. And I, I don't know. You know, we don't even know what they're doing sometimes. But it's in the snow and the cold. And they know how to do it better than anybody in the world. And they don't they don't like it when you are. It seems like you're making fun when a Jamaican bobsled team shows up on the Olympics. But they won the hearts of everybody and they'll win your heart, too. Cool runnings. That's a PG movie. It's pretty cool. So, uh, Paul S.A. wrote that for Plugged In. It's on PluggedIn.com, and I will post that link just for you on the Cup of Joe Morning Show uh, Facebook page. So, look for it Waking up with a cup of Joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Well, Lena Abijamra and her power moment is in the Vine Science, right? And... Jesus basically said that, you know, we're like uh, the relationship between us and Jesus is like the branch and the vine. You think about a grape bush, and of course they were very familiar with that. You've got the branches, right? Well, if you cut the branch off, the, the branch is the one that's going to die depending on the vine, right? Remember one time when I was pruning a bush, I finally got to it and it, it had two steps to it. It was a, a bush that turns red in uh, the fall and Christmas around Christmas time. Actually, it's gorgeous, gorgeous little leaves that are all bright red. And it had gotten too big. Bushes tend to do that. And you can trim them really severely. And I, I mean, I've seen videos on it and red stuff, you know, I wasn't going into it blind. But I had to get, first of all, an evergreen plant that bush that was growing up in the middle of it. So I got that out of the way, and the bush really appreciated that. You could tell. It's like, yeah, I'm good. you know. But then came the trimming day, and I remember my neighbor, Inga, came over. She's like, that, that bush is never going to live. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, she was just saying, you did cut too much. And I thought, oh, Lord, I hope I didn't. You know, I really did. Well, I didn't, it turns out. And I don't know if it was a miracle bush or what, but it came back. And it looked beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. And Lena, of course, talking about this idea of pruning. And when we are pruned by our God so that we can grow and flourish because of it. You know, when that analogy is used, you pretty much understand that. I mean, I've pruned rose bushes back to within six inches of the ground, I believe, something like that. And they come back amazingly. Bushes like that, you can do that. It's vine science. The most interesting thing Lena says about vine science is that it does none of the actual work. It just sits there. The gardener is the one who holds the shears and decides what goes. The gardener is the one who trims, cuts, 
and uses his experience to make sure that just the right amount of foliage is removed. The vine simply abides. Hmm. Wow. See, it's not rocket science. It's vine science. You remember that, don't you? <laughs> right? So what might God have been trying to accomplish in those pruning sessions? Remember those? Woo, man. So thank you, Lena, for reminding us that we will grow when we're pruned. Thank you. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. Of course, we know Simone Biles made the Olympic news by going through a difficult time and making it public and backing off and stuff and uh, raised the issue of mental issues, mental health issues. By the way, Simone Biles got the bronze medal. Did I get that right? And she decided, okay, I'm going to do the balance beam. Right? She was not even a favorite in that, which I did not know. I thought she was by far and away the favorite. No, but she made some adjustments in her dismount and she did that. And congratulations right there. But what does the Bible say about struggling with mental health? And I'll tell you what, before you sit there and go, oh, yeah, yeah that's something I'm not going to. Oh, I'm telling you, your mind is being attacked. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Uh, struggling with mental health does not make you less of a Christian or less than a person. In fact, nobody is less than a person if they have any type of mental illness. So each individual is made in God's image. Each person is fearfully and wonderfully made. The words of Vivian Bricker, who wrote this for Christianity.com. And of course, the Bible doesn't specifically refer to the topic of mental health, but it does speak a lot about a person's emotions, the mind, their soul, their heart, right? Mental health is an extremely important topic. That all people need to be familiar with today might as well do yourself a favor, right? Now, of course, in the past and in some maybe some places around the world still, this they taught that mental problems were directly related to Satan and were the result of demonic possession. It's not true. Many people struggle with mental health problems today. This does not mean they're possessed, nor does it mean they're not saved. All right. So it uh, addresses the Bible and mental health, the body and the mind. Something to think about, anxiety and depression and eating disorders. I mean, you can't tell me we don't have a problem with that because we all know the sales of pharmaceuticals and things going on. You know, the number one app is a relaxing app. Um, then that's indicative of what's going on. But the Bible has a lot to say about that. So it's really cool. All right. So there you go. There's something I just thought I'd. Throw out that for you this morning since it was uh, kind of in the news. Yes, Cup of Joe Morning Show. Outline, yes, sir. Listen, man, I can't thank <laughs> you enough. And I'm kind of embarrassed even to say what the sound of life did for me. But years ago when I was going through a divorce, yeah. I was in a real bad way. And I was sitting over there at Hackett Hill where I pray in the Tahoe with Rocky, the bull massive lab rescue dog that I had at the time. Uh-huh. And, man, I was, I was ready to do some bad things, man. Had like two, three bottles of pills. And a quart of alcohol, and you know what? Listen, between you and Ken Hallett, the songs that you played, I didn't go through with what I was going to do. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. An Olympic moment. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, they told me to just quiet that down a little bit there. 
uh, this morning. Um, and, and this will brighten your day, brighten your morning, man. I tell you, uh, Tamara, she's one of those people whose uh, joy and goodness just kind of gets on your nerves. I'm sure she does to some people. I'm sure because I know I do. <laughs> What are you so happy about? You know, <laughs> they can't they can't stand it. But perhaps you saw her exclamation point. Uh, she's an American wrestler, Tamara Menza Stock. She got the gold medal in her class in wrestling. She's 28 years old. She actually made quite significant history, becoming only the second woman and the first black woman to win an Olympic wrestling gold medal for Team USA. All right. So uh, she said, of course, I surprised myself. She's so jubilant. I know she said, I'm trying not to cry, but I can't help it. I thought that was awesome. She said, it's by the grace of God, I'm even able to move my feet. I just leave it in his hands and I pray that all the practice my coaches put me through pays off. And every single time it does. It get better and better, she's continued, and it's so weird that there is no cap to the limit that I can do. I'm excited to see what I have next. Amazing. One of the reporters, couldn't help but notice you've draped yourself in an American flag. How does it feel to represent your country? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I fucking love living there. I love it. And I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. As the Olympics are getting, oh, ready to, to wrap up, man, they're just getting into what? Synchronized swimming. I saw that the other day. I, was, I can't watch that because I, I I can't. I'm always I'm trying to make breathe. I can't. They they hold their breath crazy long. And one of the things that's interesting in track and field, the records are falling. So maybe track and field is becoming like swimming. You know, I just if, over the years I've said, you know, people, if you set a a world record at a hundred meter dash or. 200 or 400 meter dash or whatever it is that world record's probably been there for 30 years i'm not serious 28 30 years you know in swimming the first three teams that come in set a world record i mean it's like i don't under i, I truly do not understand that I, I i don't understand that difference in that but i digress one of my favorites is named Kendra Harrison. They call her Kenny. We can too. Kenny Harrison. She does the 100-meter hurdles. I was reading about her a few weeks ago. Particularly interesting because she's from my home state of North Carolina. Also particularly interesting is because she uh, was in the foster program, I believe. She was adopted and into a big family. Anyway, I uh, but she, uh, she holds the world record, speaking of world records, which was 28 years old. She said it a couple of years ago. But, you know, just to show you disappointments, in 2016, she didn't make it. She came in sixth. So she didn't, I think she didn't qualify for the Olympics. She came in sixth, like in the world games. So, you know, I mean, we're talking about hundreds of a second difference here. It's just, I mean, you cruise to a win. They say, oh, she cruised to the win. I'm like, that girl was a half a foot behind her. Are you kidding me? You know. <clears throat> but she has done very well in these Olympics right here. She said, I learned from my mistakes. For this to be my first Olympics and to come here on this world stage and represent my country to the best of my ability, all the glory goes to God. 
just to have this opportunity, just to get a silver medal at this stage is amazing. Now, she didn't set the world record at the Olympics, obviously, or she would have won the gold medal. She set the world record a couple years ago, but she came in silver. Now, interesting, just show you how the Olympics is she lost to a young lady that she actually races with at the University of Kentucky. But this young lady's mother is from Puerto Rico, so she decided to be in the Olympics representing Puerto Rico when she got the gold medal right there. All right. She w- she has 10 siblings, born two months premature, adopted as a baby by a North Carolina family. Oh, and she has a heart murmur, as a, or she had as a child. To be adopted and to be raised in such a big family for my siblings to see the journey I've been doing, I hope I made them proud. Oh, you have no idea. Are you kidding me? They're coming out of their skin. But she said, this sport has enabled my Christian faith to grow. Having my faith has enabled me to get up so many times when I've fallen in the sport. Without the gift that God has given me, I wouldn't be where I am now. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Just checking out, you know, it's that time of the year. How do you like roller coasters? How do you feel about roller coasters? Yeah, man, here we go. Not for me, no. Um, Especially the kind they got at Six Flags already. Now, this is the Six Flags in Texas. Okay, and as you know, building bigger and better seems to be the thing to do, right? So it's the launch of what has been called the steepest dive roller coaster in the world. Why? Why? (laughs) It it will open next year. So they're looking at it being constructed already this year. Six Flags Fiesta in Texas, I guess, next year. Uh, It's the Dr. Diabolical's Cliffhanger roller coaster. There's nothing in that, what I just said, that I'm particularly interested in. Um, It has a number of drops of 90 degrees or more. Dude, you're not, now you're not dropping. Anyway, never mind. That's... mm. Meaning, you get to experience the sensation of free-falling while still strapped in. The three-train ride carries 21 riders per train. Anyway, you don't care about it. It's 150 feet in the air. You drop at 95-degree angle, which means you're actually going back where you came from, I guess, at speeds of up to 60, which I'm sure feels like about a bazillion And if that isn't enough, you thrill-seeker, you. There's also a 270-degree zero-G roll, as well as a 75-foot near-vertical drop along the course. And you'll be prepared to go to Mars or wherever they... they, um, Anyway, steepest roller coaster in the world. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Pop some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. Have I got a headline for you? Uh, kind of hot off the press. All righty. Now, I will warn you, these are the kinds of bravery stories that make a grown man cry. All righty. Headline reads, in 2020, a young boy named Bridger Walker saved his sister from a dog attack and sustained injuries to his face and head. News of his bravery went viral, and a New York City-based plastic surgeon has helped restore Bridger's smile. Okay? But here's the details. In 2020, Bridger was six years old. 
He risked his life to save his younger sister from a dog attack. She's in a little baby. She's a baby in a baby carrier thing. He saw a German shepherd charging at his sister, and he stood between her and the dog, and his sister was safe, but he was not. He ended up getting 90 stitches. Wow. Of course, his uh, selfless act went viral. A lot of celebrities uh, were patting him on the back. Yeah, keep going. You're a man. All this kind of stuff, you know. It's been a year since Bridger saved his sister. He said at the time, if someone had to die, I thought it should be me. The ramifications of it have been kind of extensive. You know, he didn't quite get a smile back because of the scars on his face and stuff and the pandemic and the shutdowns and stuff because they, they don't live in New York City. They live way out west. So to be able to get the doctor that wants to help him, this expert in plastic surgery, that's going to take some doing right there. So keep that in your prayers right there. But there's physical and emotional healing to happen. All right. He has perked back up because he has had some plastic surgery right there. So that's a, that's good stuff going on right there. He said, I don't want it to go all the way. <laughs> he views his scars. He didn't want the scar to go completely away. And we've got songs about scars. And we talk about Jesus' scars. And I'm sure, Bridger, that you will not have a need for those scars in heaven. They will not be there but um, they do on earth, while you're on earth. He said, it's something to be proud of. You know, he doesn't see it as being representative of his brave act. He just perceives it as, I was a brother, and that's what brothers do. A reminder that his sister didn't get hurt and that she is okay. You go, Bridger. The Sound of Life. Voice of the Martyrs. All right. They're all out all around the world. So they have prayer needs. So we're going to do that here. Just take a moment. Cameroon. A lot, I know a lot of people are fleeing Nigeria, I think, are going into Cameroon. And I was kind of looking at the African map recently because I've heard people in other countries. That's one of the biggest crises around the world in places Myanmar and Yemen, I believe. And I, I may get something wrong. So I'm just thinking off the top of my head where people have to flee whole groups of people have to flee because of what has happened in the government because they're coming after them and they're hiding in the woods and trying to get to other countries and stuff it's terrible imagine that with your kids and everything is just i mean i just see a lot of that in the news reports and stuff and it's just terrible so in cameroon indonesia and egypt so in cameroon we're going to pray for tribal Christians in the north whose villages are routinely attacked. And Lord, we ask for protection for them. We ask that they will be an incredible witness to the attackers and to others as well of your love in Jesus' name. We pray that the government will control those inciting social unrest in Indonesia, especially against Christians in Jesus' name. And we pray for Gada and her daughter. We prayed for them before. They're in Egypt. They had to flee because of their faith. We pray for your protection for them, your sustaining love for them and wisdom. Thank you for praying in Jesus' name with me. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. You watching the Olympics? I don't know. Okay, but you always got swimming in the Summer Olympics. Seems like there every Olympics there is a star swimmer. 
a lot of times for the United States, I just thought of that. In the men's and women's, there is a particular swimmer that just happens to be hitting their peak at the Olympics, and they just win everything, set records, win everything. And this year is no exception. And his name is Caleb Dressel. And if you don't know him by name, you probably know him by tattoo. <laughs> if I say, oh, he's the guy with the left shoulder sleeve tattoo down his arm and all that. Okay. So he, by the way, just to set it up, he has uh, been winning gold medals. How many has he got now? Seven? I think it's seven of them. Something like that. It's insane. But he was opening up about how challenging physically and mentally the Olympics can be. He said, this is not easy. Not an easy week at all. Some parts were extremely enjoyable. I would say the majority of them were not. You can't sleep right. You can't nap. Shaking all the time. I probably lost 10 pounds. It's a lot of stress we put on the body. It's not the most enjoyable process, but it's worth it. Oh, really? You know, it's amazing how the Apostle Paul tied into that. That was very similar to back in his day. I mean, this all started B.C. times back in Greece. You know, the performance, the Olympics, spectacle, watching athletic competition, whatever that was. And he got in on that in his letters to people in the cities around Greece and Rome and stuff. You know, he said, we run for what? Something that's perishable. Make no mistake about it there, Caleb. Uh, whatever you win. I mean, I know it's great, and I'm sure he's taken care of for the rest of his life, just like they were back in the day. You win, man. You're in. Right? And uh, the gold, and, you know, it's very valuable. Yeah, it sure is. But you know what? It's going to be gone one day. It sure is. And the Apostle Paul is saying, you know, we run a race following Jesus, and our reward is Nobody can touch. It's imperishable forever. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. Arnold Harvey. He's a garbage man, and he said that too, probably. I'm not, I'm not going to do any more what-ifs, and now he's changing lives for families all around. A garbage man. Now, when you say that, you know, you get a certain image visualization all that kind of stuff you have to it's just part of being a human being right well one night he was picking up a dumpster to empty it you know what he discovered a family of four sleeping behind it human beings behind the dumpster and his heart broke of course it did because he's a follower of jesus and jesus heart broke of course he did and he knew he had to do something and he's seeing how he and his wife, he's probably a big Matthew West fan. He's got all the songs, Do Something and all that. You know. I'm just joking. I'm sorry. And seeing how he and his wife are now helping hundreds of homeless people will absolutely move you. A garbage man. See that? Oh, you yeah, got to that is pretty neat. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I would like to explain the Worthington Jet to you. <laughs> You're going to shoot me after I explain this. Well, I was so uh, taken by this swimmer from China who won the gold medal in the women's. She just barely made it age-wise. Last year, she would have been 13 and not able to make it, they said. She's just barely 14 years old. The splash she makes in the water is practically nothing. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be surprised she weighs over 50 pounds. 
I've never seen anything so small. And I almost feel so sorry for it because you know, I kind of imagine the training and things in China. I, I, I don't know. But uh, she got the gold medal, so she's doing really well. But I learned something about diving. If you watch them dive, right? Um, of course, the execution about how many tur- twists they do and somersaults and all that kind of stuff. It's amazing that they hit the water and they put their hand, they put their arms out, right? You know what they do with their hands? They, they lock them together flat out. They make sure you would think that they would go in with their hands pointed, but they don't. They flatten them out. They all do. They learned this back in the Grecian days, I think. No, I don't know. But they lock their thumbs together and their fingers, and their hands are flat. So they pop the water. Now, that's known as the rip effect. Bam. They pop that water. See, if you're a diver, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, you have no idea. Pops that water. And then they go in, and you've noticed probably if there's not much of a splash they get a pretty good score because first of all they hit that water just right and then but how do they keep from doing that see that little see when you go under the water you got all this air that you take with you and the air has to go somewhere so it pops up out of the top that's the worthington jet i'm not making this up the Worthington jet is what makes that splash pop up out of the top. So in order to keep that down in the pool, they actually do another somersault when they hit the water. They go down underneath and they do like a somersault thing to keep that air down in there. They trick it to staying down in the water. So you get the little bubbles on top, right? That's it. That's it. And if you can understand what I just said, you could probably easily fly a 747. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. What I'm about to do is give you a punch in the gut, uh, kind of. You know, it doesn't start out that way. i got to tell you about a man named Scott. Zamarski, he uh, was visiting his son out in California, and he was going for a walk with his dog, and he was grumpy because his cold, his coffee was cold. Yeah, I can picture this. This would be like me, you know, out on a morning, and I'm, and I'm, you know, going along, all this, and he ran across another man who happened to be homeless, and you know how you have those feelings where you're supposed to do something. People that don't follow Jesus don't understand that, probably, but it's kind of like, you know, I need to go talk to this guy. Turns out his name is Robert Pineda. Robert Pineda's homeless guy, right? Okay. So, um, you know, he meets and talks with him, and, and they kind of start this kind of friendship thing, as, as it were. Well, a couple of days later, he runs into him again on the street. And this time he said, hey, you want to get breakfast? Do I ever? Yeah, so they had breakfast, and they started talking. And he found out something that's pretty amazing about Robert that'll make your heart break. He'd been on the street for 30 years. He did not know he had schizophrenia. He was a schizophrenic. And he'd been homeless for 30 years. So he knew that he could help him out with his mental health. But he thought, boy, I got to be careful. You got to be, you know, he's got to trust me and stuff like that, you know. So uh, he actually spent a night on the street with him one night. And the next day, 
he said, um, I got an idea. I can get you some help for your for your schizophrenia. And they did, and they've been friends ever since. It's a pretty amazing story there. And he shares, Scott does, that there are 580,000 people sleeping outside tonight. Going to be tonight. And there are 46 million retired folks, he said, like me, who got plenty of time on their hands. So I want to encourage you to, well, get out of your car, make a friend, listen, sit there and talk. He sets the example. Can't beat that, right? And what did Jesus say? If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Wow. Yes, indeed. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.